Hi everyone, welcome to Irish Theatre at Play, Ireland's newest theatre podcast that focuses on all things theatre and performance. My name is Dr. Carol Quigley and I'll be your host as we delve into different areas of the theatre weekly. Each episode we'll be joined by experts in their field and we'll ask them how it works, why it works and what the theatre industry means to them. We'll leave no stone unturned as we look to break down that fourth wall. Eating and drinking is most definitely allowed throughout, flash photography is optional, and mobile phone usage is encouraged if you want to connect with us. So please, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. to this week's episode of Irish Theatre at Play. I'm absolutely excited and delighted to be here with our last colleague who has yet to come on come on the podcast with us. So Dr. Fiona McDonough is here with us today. My office partner, my partner in crime, my 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 best bud at work. Fiona, so excited to have you here. How are you getting on today? Uh, <laughs> it's Thursday. In week eleven, <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm so good, that means thank we're drinking. We're drinking full sugar coke. That's what that means. Absolutely, and fifteen <laughs> cups of coffee. Yeah, all good. No, no, we're in good shape. We're all a little bit tired, but yeah. we're excited about the the performances happening next week. Um, so yeah, we're all in good shape. Great, great. And we have you on here today um, because we're going to be talking about really really interesting um work within theater and that is theater for young audiences and i know that you are an incredible fountain of knowledge when it comes to theater for young audiences because you have worked both as a practitioner of it um and now kind of a lot of your research specializes in 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 tya so do you would you like to tell us a bit about well what tya what tya is um how you got involved in it how you're interested in it basically this is your life. Tell us your life story. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I'll tell you first what TYA is, and it, mm-hmm. I just always keep it really simple. And it's just theater as an you know as an art form, you know, as an experience, but for a young audience. So it's plays that are written or devised specific specifically for a young audience. Mm-hmm. So that's what TYA is. So I suppose when you think of that type of work you might think of fairy tales or you might think of cartoonish type of things but you know while that you know performances can have elements of that and you know and have a place really you know TYA is more expansive and it's kind of I always consider it really imaginative and it can be multidisciplinary and you know it's work theatre work that can captivate young audiences and you know equally adults alike so that's just my opening <laughs> Delightful. on TYA. That, that's, so, that's so introduction. <laughs> well, I, I, I guess how I got into it, uh, I, I did my degree in drama theatre studies in, in London, in St. Mary's in Twickenham. And we ki- I, I was introduced to TIE at that point, which is theatre and education, mm-hmm. which is really theatre for, for young people, but with, with a more uh, education focus, you know, so it's more educational, you know, than it would be 
um, artistic. So they'd have, a, at the core of it, they'd have a message and something that they'd want the students or the young people to learn. So it was that, it was, um, that kind of focus on that type of work, which is TIE, which, um, so that introduced me to the idea of theatre for young people. Mm -hmm. um, and it w at that time, so we're talking about the 90s, um, there was very little TYA. Uh, don't laugh when you, I can hear you laughing. <laughs> I'm not, um, I mean, it's just, it's you just are some of us were busy laughing. being born in the 90s, Fiona, but you know, it's all Well, some of us were, you know, at university. Um, so, yeah, so I suppose that was the work I was exposed to, uh, you know, as part of my undergrad um, degree. Um, and as I said, that was, TIE was, kind of big at that time and it, it was kind of beginning to to um, make its way in Ireland at that time of course I was in the UK at that point so I didn't know mm -hmm. but so I was introduced to TIA at that point and I thought god isn't it really interesting the work that that is happening for young audiences mm -hmm. um, and also uh, just to to say I I went to at the end of my um, primary school experience I we emigrated to the UK so I did my last year of primary in the UK and at that point, there was drama in school. Now, I hadn't experienced it in primary school in, in Ireland at that point. Now, it might have been happening, it just might have been particular to the schools I was going to, mm. you know, that they didn't do drama. But mm. when I went to the UK in my final um, year in primary school, uh, they were they were doing drama and drama education and lots of different things. And there was lo lots of performance happening. And so I was kind of introduced to, um, you know, drama education and TIE. Um, in the UK in, in, in an educational context. Because even when I went to secondary then, there was drama in the, G, you know, drama GCSEs mm. and there was drama ALOs as well. So um, performance, you know, my experience as a young person of performance um, kind of was happening in that way. So I was really interested in, and actually in saying it in secondary school when I was doing um, my um, A-levels, I went to see work that was specific for young audiences. And uh, again, it wasn't named as that. You know, it mm. was kind of TIE work that was touring or, you know, it was in a venue where we were taken to see it. So that was my introduction to that work. So I was always interested and I had, and, and key to this is I had an experience of it, you know. So yeah. I had this exposure to kind of performance at a young age. So I knew it existed and I knew it was interesting already, you know, at that point. So I went to, um, you know, drama school, went, did my, my degree, and again, uh, got another level of exposure, you know, in terms of TIE. Then I went to NUIG and I did my master's. Um, well, I did something else before HDIP, but then I did my master's. And um, I, instead of, you know, doing a placement at the end of that experience, I asked, could I do a project? And at that time, it was Adrian Fraser, Dr. Adrian mm. Fraser. And he said, look, if you can get the money to do it, you're more than welcome to do that instead of a placement. So I actually got money from the county council to work with young people. So I did a project with young people and it was, you know, playing with performance. And I remember at that point thinking, God, this is so interesting. I just, I love, I just love working with young people. And I actually love the imagination because anything mm. that I was asking them to do, it was wild. It was crazy. It was just, it wasn't normal. <laughs> it wasn't straightforward. So there was something exciting about being in, in a, a room, you know, and doing a workshop with young people and, the things that we were making together. And I just remember this point at the end of the project, one of the kids said to me, you know, we were all making stories together. And he said, do you ever make stories for us? Would you ever make stories for us? And I said, oh, well, I'm sure there's stories out there. I'm sure there are plays mm -hmm. out there. And he's like, I've never seen anything for us. And I just thought, whoa, that's so interesting. Mm -hmm. So that kind of kicked off 
this whole move into this area. Uh, after I did my master's, I started a company with two other um, members of my class, uh, which was called Cups and Crowns. Uh, and at that time, we were doing lots of different work in lots of different areas. And, it, you know, we were working with mm. the brain injury service. We we're working with the community theater group. We we're, you know, we we're working in schools. Amazing. You know, so there's lots of different things, but we kept coming back to young people. We kept coming back to work for children. And then we, you know, in our second year of 10 years of being together, we started to hone in on actually, this is, we're really excited. Every time we talked about making plays or making performances, um, it was always about young people. Any work we saw, we were just enthused, excited about it. And, mm -hmm. and I think as well, I had always known from doing my degree, I was a divisor. I wasn't in wasn't interested in script, I should say that, but it just w <laughs> wasn't as motivated, <laughs> wasn't motivated as much by script as I was about playing and, and creating things in a space, in a room with the people that are in it. Mm. So um, I just kind of felt there was a more of an openness as well um, in terms of acceptance of devised work because there wasn't that much work for children going on in Ireland at that point. Mm. Like it was, TYA was in its infancy when I was kind of coming out of college. They were, you know, yeah. team existed, graffiti existed, uh, replay existed, you know, big companies, but not really small companies like us. And actually Branner and I started at the same time. So that's kind of where we kind of fell into it. And the more we, we explored the work, the more we made, the more we enjoyed it. And the more we just realized, actually, this is exactly the work kind of work we were, we were making. Mm. Um, so that's a really long way of saying <laughs> that's how I ended up in um, TYA. Cool. I, I'm, I'm pausing here just because my our head of department is at a window waving, <laughs> knowing, well, I'm on this podcast with you. <laughs> that, that being our fearless leader, Mike Finneran, who was on a few weeks ago. And I think... Yeah, that um, that says a lot about our department that that, that this is exactly <laughs> the kind of relationship trying to distract me. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised he hasn't shown up with a dog. To be totally honest, with you. <laughs> um, so that that sounds class. Um, so when when you start working in, in TYA and and looking at devising work and creating work, how do you or or how did you even say at, at that time kind of decide like, did you pick say particular age groups you were looking at or or how do you work out what age of of under 18s that you want to pitch work at or, yep. or that kind of a thing it's it's a really good story it's a really sorry it's a really good story <laughs> it's a really good question <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> that i don't have a good story for um it's it's a really good question because actually it's one of those things that y you would think there is a path or there is a deliberate decision or you know, that there mm. actually, there was a, a lot of different things happening at the same time. And, and I think anyone that started a theatre company will recognise this, where we were working in lots of different contexts, so lots mm. of different people. And then as such, we were, we were working lots of different ways and seeing lots of different types of work. And the way we started, we had such uh, little funding, and because we, we weren't known, that we had to make small pieces of work. So like we were making, you know, shadow puppetry that was going into a library, you know, that was like 15 minutes long, or we did a clown piece uh, that was for the Galway Arts uh, Centre. And again, we had no age range on that. We just said for children. So mm -hmm. what, the way we worked it is we kind of realised quickly, we don't know how this reads for an audience until mm -hmm. we get in there. And at that point, it wasn't common practice to have a young audience in the room with you, you know, or, or to have feedback throughout the process the way it is now. Mm. You know, 
it's a practice even you know our practice was developing and we didn't know that that was possible or at the time that that was something you did so we were kind of just making work for children bringing it to places and then feeding off the reaction and then going back going you know what they didn't do you know what do you know what I notice and we'd always have someone in the room that would be watching the audience and it was often with someone that was a friend of ours loading in and loading out the the equipment or yeah. the designer might be in or you know something like that and they'd say god you know what that the, the six-year-olds were mad they were going mad at that part so we started to really notice that actually we have to start reading the audience and we noticing their reactions mm -hmm. and when you're in it and when you start your own company you happen to be in everything <laughs> designing it making <laughs> it in it so then we, we realized the importance of having someone outside of that experience watching the audience. And, and that's kind of actually where I started to step out because I became less interested in performance. Mm -hmm. uh, mainly performance became less interested in me because I would forget all my lines. And by then the actors were like, you're, you're not reliable. You're a delightful <laughs> performer. <laughs> Can you move out uh, of the space, the performing space? So I was happy to move into a directing space. So I got to help make it, which I love didn't have the pressure of performing, which became a real issue, but I got to watch the audience. And then we mm. started to hone in our practice a bit and things that we realized that would excite certain age groups or, you know, or for instance, if scenes were longer, it meant maybe the younger age group weren't able to engage that much in that scene. So the episodes had to be shorter mm. or we could see the older people were really, the older um, children were really engaged. So we're like, mm. which way do we go with this? You know what I mean? So I think there was real trial and error at that time. And then because Branner had started around the same time, there was an exchange of experience, exchange of notes. So myself and Mark, you know, we've kind of built our friendship over the last, God, is it 20 years now? And it's always been interrogating our practice mm -hmm. and our understanding. And then, you know, I would get a text and Mark would say, this is on, you need to go and see it because they're doing this and this. So you mm -hmm. kind of watch what's happening around you. Yeah. There, was, there was an element as well, actually, I will say that I didn't see enough work at the time because we were so busy and I think that's key now I always say to my students see as much as you can yeah anything anywhere because it really informs what you're doing mm. uh, and there is an element of fear factor as well you're putting things out in the world and you kind of don't want to know what people think but actually mm. it's really important you need to know what people think and I learned that very late so I kind of wish I, I knew that but but it, in to answer to come back the long way to answer your question <laughs> It's tr it was tr definitely trial and error. There's a lot more now that TYA, art uh, TYA artists would would be aware of now because practice has developed. You know, they've moved along a lot more. Um, and I think research is kind of really informing a lot of what's happening now as well. So, mm. you know, artists are really interested in having research researchers be part of the process because they learn so much. You know, the, the researcher is the outsider. You're generating kind of data and knowledge, but it's really kind of objective. Um, in that sense as well, you kind of have to give the hard truth within that. It's not always it's wonderful. It's actually, did you notice this, this, and this? So I think all of that's coming together now, where the work looks, you know, the 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 type of work that's been made is way more informed, and there's a lot more knowledge in terms of the TYA community that's been shared. Mm. That actually, having Mark in a room now with a young artist or an early career artist, he'll go, that's where an eight to twelve. You know, he'll straight right, away and they'll yeah. go, oh, is it? You know, y y there's more of a connection, yeah. more of a community now that, that it's more informed. Mm. So we definitely, it was trial and error. Definitely it was, um, what do you think of that? Oh, it's great. What did they look like? Oh, <laughs> let's keep going. So, so a bit like how, how we all continue to make yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. We're still working that way. In yeah, <laughs> definitely <laughs> in devising. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And cool. And how then? Did you find yourself coming towards academia then, moving away kind of from the practitioner stuff to some extent? Um, 
So we were we kind of got to around uh, year six or year seven of the company. We we had a you know we were at that point we were arts council funded. We had a you know a lot of shows on the road, and um, we were in in festivals. And our so our name was getting out there. And actually, I'm sitting in Dorothy Mar- Marcy's office here because we we share an office and we mm. can't be in the same office obviously because of COVID. Yeah. And I remember. I had been brought in by Adrian Fraser, my my, and again, this is really interesting because it's come around for me now. But my elect, my lecturer had heard we started a company, comes come to see the work and said, please come and talk to our students. As a former student, you'll have a lot to give. Mm. Uh, and he talked about the relationship between the alumni and the present students being really important. And you can see that comes through in our work now because we always try to bring in our stu- ex, you know our alumni students yeah. in if they're doing something interesting, yeah. uh, because that sharing is really important and, and just to kind of you know that building of community. What was the question? <laughs> what was the question? It was too busy talking about the cult in our department. I mean, sorry, community. <laughs> no, we are a bit of a cult, but it's, it's all good. It's a loving one. Um, I know. It was a good question, though. What was it? <laughs> about you going to academia from practitioners. Oh, yeah. So so I'm in Dorothy's office. Oh, yeah. my God. That's where we <laughs> sorry. started. <laughs> sorry. And any any. This is like every ago, day in like... work, by the way. <laughs> every day. Um. So, oh, so are we? So Adrian asked us to come in, and there happened mm-hmm. to be an NUIG lecture from another um, department who said, "Would you come in and speak to our students? Would you come in and show work?" Then, around that time, then I got asked to teach different departments, and at that same time, Dorothy Morrissey came across us and said, "Will you come?" In? And I didn't know her; she was dealing mm-hmm. with my colleague, so I, I didn't meet her at this point. She said, "Will you come in and bring the show to our uh, education students and do a workshop?" So we did, and. Then we ended up doing another type of work and it was aesthetic education, Lincoln Center stuff. Uh, and we said to Dorothy at that point, we made a connection. Are you interested in, interested in us coming to talk about this? She was. And I just found myself more and more being invited into third level. And we mm. like, it was Frobel, you know, it was all Marino. So we were all in all these different places. And I just realized having been in the youth theatre sector as well, and that's a part of what we did as well. We ha- I, I was a facilitator. Oh God, it sounds like I'm all over the shop, but I was. Um, I had a youth theatre in Ballina. <laughs> I certainly am. I had a youth, th- youth theatre in Ballina for a number of years. I loved that age group. I found a primary. I really loved making the work for that age group, but I wasn't necessarily a great fit in terms of teaching. Secondary, I was a little bit scared because it's a whole different you know way of mm, being yeah. in the room and I think I, I think you know it's a whole like other skills and I just always felt like mm, I, this is not quite for me but that kind of youth theatre where they're a little bit older and the end of school experience I was like god I really love working with this age group mm. and then in, when I got to third level I was like god I really love working it, it, with this community it's for me it's it's totally different so I just found myself really liking it and the more invi- invites I got the more I thought okay, well, this is interesting that I'm thinking this way. And I considered doing another master's. Mm. And then what happened was I realized I was coming to year nine or 10. Our funding was, it, we were coming to the recession as well. Our funding was being cut, cut and cut till eventually it was, you know, to nothing. And I and myself and my colleagues sat down and, and she had just kind of said, look, there are changes happening. What do you want to do? And I said, look, I'm going to take a year out, I think. But actually what I figured is, in that year out, I thought maybe this has come to an end and we revisit it and we figured out like she wanted to keep going and so on. So she did. But I thought, well, rather than other masters, maybe I'll do a PhD and maybe I get to work in this area, mm. you know, in third level more. Mm. And 
and then I just happened to to find Mike, and Mike knew me because of C Cups and Crowns, and yeah. I and I thought, well, this is drama edge. It's it's, and I wanted to kind of move away from TYA a little bit, so I went into mm -hmm. drama education, as you know. But mm. interestingly, my PhD is looking at co-creation, which is a form of devising. So yeah. it's still collaboration with young people in a room. So it's something I was doing all the time, mm. but it just was in an educational context, and that was the the difference. It wasn't so much. Um, you know the artistic context that I that I was working in. Mm. Again, that's kind of a boring answer, but that's no, how I ended up cool. in academia. <laughs> yeah, no, because um, even I think it's really important that in that in our program we do have. You know, we we've someone like you who has the the wealth of knowledge and experience in order to to teach this and look at this well with our students, which means that we actually, I mean, you've you've several different modules. Well, I mean, you've a specific TYA module in. I want to mm. say it's in second year. Um, but it's yeah. definitely something that kind of comes comes through your teaching a, a huge amount, which is something that, you know, I, I definitely think is quite special in, in our program. Yeah. And that. yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm really lucky as an academic because I'm teaching all the modules I teach. I absolutely love. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They're all yeah. either things I, I did in my, you know, in the professional realm at some point or things I wanted to do, you know, I. Uh, you know, there are also things that I, I've had to learn, like scenography has been something, even though I've worked with designers for years, mm. I've had to kind of find a new direction in terms of teaching that. And But yeah, community theatre, TYA, devising, these are all things that I, I did as a, you know, in theory as a, as a professional theatre maker. Mm. So it's, it's and I know it's very different teaching it, but at least I kind of have a lived experience coming into the classroom that I, you know, and I suppose that idea, I, I have a lot of tacit knowledge that I've had to kind of, put into words you know mm. which has been really good yeah. for me as well you know so yeah I'm, I'm i'm extremely lucky and i absolutely love this course because of it and i think it's you know it, we're lucky that we get to teach things that we love yeah leave me with the philosophy and, and the dissertations please that is my <laughs> jam that's where i feel happiest but yeah no it is it's, it's great and even coming back to then kind of the the style of theater itself why do you think, uh, you know, I mean, I could say, should children go to the theatre? But that's a silly question because I know what the answer will be. But mm. why do you think it's really important for children to engage with theatre? I think it's important in, in the same way it's important for adults. Mm. You know, it's it's that idea of a communal experience. And, and now more than ever, that idea of liveness, what mm -hmm. happens live. And, and you know, you know, yourself from being a performer. Mm. When you're on a stage and you have an audience in front of you, the things that happen, you know, night to night, it's different. Yeah. It, it's, you know, it's often driven by the energy of the audience or, you know, you, you might even see an individual that's sparking off you and that drives you in another direction. Or So there's mm. something kind of real and live that happens in a theatre that doesn't happen through a screen. Um, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so it, there's yeah. that there's that element of magic. And I think in the same way that adults go for that liveness and go for that 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 pure escapism as well you know you sit there and you're yeah. immersed but you know it's tr you know for theater it's triggering the imagination and it's mm -hmm. not with theater as well you're not getting what you get in a film i suppose in the sense that you know the story is told through the images and the words but it's like this full story and you're with the characters moment to moment mm -hmm. like in theater it's a theatrical experience there are gaps you go fast forward you go you know you, you're not always given every thought of the actor or you're mm -hmm. not always able to read it so you have to figure things out for yourself so in that sense you know there's so much meaning making that happens for young people 
and they're kind of they're playing with feelings and emotions and that's what you know booth always talks about the arts helping us feel our thoughts and think about our feelings and that's what it does mm -hmm. you know it, it, it activates the emotions in order to educate you know the feelings and 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 the emotions and also it's an opportunity for them to see the human condition to empathize yeah. to be moved and a big thing that the reason i love you know working in this area is they don't sit there quietly <laughs> you know I mean? that's not. the thing like when they hate a character they tell you yeah. and they can't help it because they haven't learned to, well as adults to kind of sit still and be mannerly yeah. and polite at the end and then give out you know yeah. they're like i don't know why you know and, and yeah. you know w there's something beautiful about the gasps and the laughing and mm. you know at this brilliant moment we, we were showing a piece in um the Galway Arts Festival we got commissioned to do a, this piece and it was a really beautiful piece called um, A Hedge Called Hawk it was nothing to do with the title by the way <laughs> but at this moment the character Jay's character um is is really in trouble and there's a another character behind a wall and it's you know it's a kind of a factory setting and basically there's no color there's no imagination and and she's putting real pressure on him to give up something a leaf this leaf that's coming to his life mm. and she's really and at one point she's banging on the door and he's so upset and this kid stood up and he he and it was amazing. He got up and he walked towards the stage and he stopped and he said, "You stop that! You stop that right now!" And he got so emotional. And and uh, one of the stewards told him to sit down. I said, "No, no, don't." He knows it's happening. He knows yeah. it's happening for him, but he's just in it. And actually, he really felt like he wanted to say it. And that's the difference between DIY actors. Yeah. They kind of, if there's silence, they go, "Geez, that really didn't go down well at all." Yeah, yeah. But if there's noise, they kind of go, yeah. "Okay, something's happening." You know they're feeling something, and you're not mm. always able to decipher it. But you're, but also when it's the kids standing and giving out, you can. But it's it's that like they they they're working out the stories, they're seeing it, they're finding meaning, they're engaged, they're they they get the liveness, I think, and they enjoy the liveness mm. more than adults, I think. Mm. I yeah, really think uh, sure you know that's something that I notice. Yeah, sure. Even I remember, you know, um, this would have been well back pre-covid when we were all in the bell table one night i think it was a theater love it show and there was there was an issue with the lights the the house lights you know so for some reason they kept coming on and you know the way if you were in you know a, a traditional kind of adult style theater people would probably just ignore the fact that there was an issue with the house lights but the yeah. kids wouldn't so the performers had to make a thing of it and actually came up into the audience and all this kind of thing because they had to because the kids were not going to ignore the fact that the lights yeah, were on yeah 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 no, so they're they're, yeah, they're totally live different. to everything all the time yeah. and they're and you know like there's there's there is something man that was the beauty of the you know when i was with the company that i'd sit in the audience and mm. you know the emotion that's coming out and don't get me wrong there's times when they we used to learn it they were you tuned out it was too mm. long the dialogue mm. was wrong and you know i'm looking for all those things but also it's it's that that just kind of engage they engage with you completely mm. and there's no politeness <laughs> there's no leaving the politeness at the door you, we're here to watch show us mm. what you have tell us the story mm. and then we'll go with you but by god we we've things to say we've yeah. things to feel you know what i mean so there's something really exciting about that and when we think about how a piece of theater can affect a child or you know they they can identify with characters or or they mm. can try they might recognize themselves or maybe not recognize themselves at all and ask mm. questions about you know well you know what where is my place in the world and they can find empathy and bond and you know that idea of kind of the, them perceiving themselves and 
it, it's just there's lots of things that they can do that they can attach to a, a, a character and go with them but also at the end if the character isn't behaving the way they should they'll tell mm. them you know or mm. They, they really respond, they're, it's always impulse. They're responding all the time in the moment to what they're seeing. And it's, so it's complete magic and it's mayhem sometimes. <laughs> Do you know, Most one of the best shows the I ever time. saw was, uh, honestly, the one of the best shows I saw, and, I, and forgive me, I cannot remember. I'm terrible, as you know, at names now, yeah. or anything like that. But it was, if I remember, it was a clown piece that was happening in Babro. And it was two or three characters. So they're red nose and it was a, a paper world. I'm nearly sure paper world was the title, but... But if you were in the audience and you didn't, you weren't immersed in this world all the time, you would think it was absolute chaos. You, the kids were screaming, and the, the performers were throwing paper stuff at them. And the kids were throwing it back. But mm. the, the the TYE artists, the, the actors were so skilled yeah. that at an, in a moment when they needed it, they had the audience completely silent mm. because of something a character revealed, and then you would just hear like the breathing or the the kind of oh you know, from the, from, from the children. And that's how much skill it takes to read the audience mm. and to kind of engage the audience, know how much to drive them mad, but also when to bring them down. Uh, and, and for some people that might be really scary, but that's mm. the magic and that's what kids will give you, that investment, you know what I mean? But that was pure skill. And I remember thinking, whoa, from the outside of this room, all people are hearing is screaming. Yeah. You know, it's kind of yeah. like when a teacher sometimes hears drama going on in the room and they think it's chaos. Well, it is chaos, but it's yeah. organized. It's thought through and it's it's where there's a space for kids to kind of use their voice, mm. use their bodies to do things. So that's not always going to be quiet, you know. Yeah. But yeah. that's kind of the have I gone off on another rant? I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's all good. We're, we're having the chats. It's all good. No, it's fab to hear you care so much about it, because I think mm. um, and, and this is coming from somebody who is absolutely not a TYA practitioner at all and if anything you know over the last number of years us working together you've taught me a huge amount about it and given me a new kind of appreciation for is it. Is that recorded? Know? I hope someone's recorded that. Has that someone <laughs> recorded that there? I've taught her something. <laughs> no, we'll have, we'll have to edit that bit out afterwards. Um, but like you know I mean I, I wouldn't really have, have gone to see much TYA theatre um, before working mm. within the department whereas now I would happily go and mm. you, you know kind of look at that and find interesting things I mean even I remember it now of course I can't remember the name of it either but we went to see um a piece in the bell table a number of years ago as part of the the children's theatre festival where there was no dialogue at all except for the three characters kept saying their name that was it and I I was enthralled I mean the kids were loving it but I was enthralled by yeah. how much actual meaning making happened yeah by yeah. not actually using language so totally changing what you would expect in a theatrical setting or how we normally make meaning or tell stories and all that so it is yeah um it's, yeah it's wonderful so it's it's fab to hear you talk about it in this way because i think um quite often we we overlook it i can hear a dog in the background oh i'm sorry there is a dog <laughs> who's there i'm sorry is it barking that's barkley Oh, I'm sorry about that. Is. I forgot to tell you there was a dog in the room. There should always be so. a dog in the room. There's generally a dog in the room in, 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 in our department. Okay, so then I suppose I'll just ask you, I know we've, we've mentioned a couple of things here, but is mm. uh, who at the moment in Ireland, well, pre-COVID or even during COVID, um, who, who's making cool work? Who's who's interesting? Who should we be looking out for? Oh, there's there's loads and loads mm. and loads i mean i think that the big names you're going to know would be graffiti branner 
you know, Monkey Shine, Theatre Love It, Paul Curley does beautiful work, mm. you know, and then the Abbey, you know, has lots of work going on. So there's, there's always, I mean, now what's happening, which is really interesting because, um, and I'll talk about Branner for a moment, Branner have this um, Tiny Shows initiative, which brings artists, three artists together in a room over a weekend. Now it hasn't been happening obviously because mm. of COVID, but what that does, what that's doing is it's inviting kind of either three artists from different disciplines or the same discipline or three artists that haven't worked together before. It's, it's allowing for interesting collaborations um, to come out of a room that might necessarily have the opportunity for it, you know, to happen otherwise, you know. Mm. So you, I could be working, you know, so for instance, someone from Fidget Feet could be working with someone from the Abbey, could be working with a musician, those three parties come in the room, collaborate on, on an idea, and perhaps that will grow into something bigger. Mm. So it seems to be an interesting, you know, there are a lot of in individual artists working now at the moment with lots of different companies, and that's the way it should be, because then it's a kind of a, you know, like a, a cross feeding I don't know what the word is but you know what I mean yeah, yeah. you know so lots individuals do lots of different things and it kind of informing this whole the whole um, community then you know but mm. I I'm always afraid of, of naming companies because yeah you, you know I think if you name the big ones which is probably the ones that people know then there's mm. always beautiful things happening you know um, around the place and and I'll probably I'll, Always in a local theatre or regional theatre, there's going to be an interesting TYA person doing something. It just mm -hmm. might be under the banner of a, of a, oh, sorry, the banner, the banner of a name, you know, a big company yeah. name or something. Yeah, yeah. But there's beautiful work happening now, and I think that there's, as I said to you, the the community itself has developed so much over the mm -hmm. last 20 years, and you know, we're we're much more sophisticated now in the work we make. We're much more interesting, and and there's more risks being taken as well i think mm. you know you because it's children people think that perhaps that there is a lot of taboos within tya mm. you know there are kind of you know that's common and you know yeah. uh, i always think about um manon always talks about the idea of taboos being culturally determined and subject to kind of this changing nature of childhood and it is you know depending mm. where you are different t taboos will exist but theater makers tya t theater makers aren't afraid to tackle difficult subjects mm. and they're not afraid to kind of go out on a limb. And I think that idea, you know, I, I was bringing you to there as well is there's kind of less fear in the TYA space of how you're making things or what you're doing because there's so much imagination. Mm -hmm. There's more kind of worry in terms of how do we get it into spaces and into schools because there are more gatekeepers. And I think that's why it's different than adult theatre. Like adults can make a choice to go, but children have yeah. to be brought. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? So. Yeah. So in that sense, there's loads, there's lots of different things happening, and festivals like Babro or you know Young at Arsh or you know um, there's there, there there's lots of uh, Bullabos here in Limerick has mm. a beautiful programming. There's loads of so the best way to kind of explore TYA is go to a festival. So you'll get a range of of work and often international work, and that's another thing that that has been in the last 20 years. I I have to just say something out loud that. When I started working in the company, we happened uh, to be invited to become Barbara, um, part of the Barbara Arts team. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was introduced to Lally Morris. And then Lally Morris then introduced us as a company and other, you know, Barbara artists to the world. And she mm -hmm. brought us places. She brought us to the Imaginate Festival in, in Edinburgh to see other work in order to help our practice develop. And I think that's the other thing that now TYA artists see a lot more work internationally. Mm. Do you know what I mean? We see yeah, a lot yeah. more, so which informs our work. Um, and then we work a lot more with each other because there's more now. There's more people now. Yeah. So and there's the, a lot more of that cross. What's fertilization? <laughs> <Sword>. <laughs> 
words. Uh, so you know what I mean? So it's as as a sector, you can hear me. Once I start talking about this, I absolutely, yeah. it's it's my love, it's my joy, it's yeah. my research area. <laughs> but like there's so many exciting things happening in TYA. Um, so much exciting work. Um, it's just something that should be experienced and don't, just because you're an adult doesn't mean it isn't for you. Yeah, and yeah, that, and, and I think that's definitely something you've, you've taught me. And I suppose just one final thing then, because we've talked so much about the liveness and the connection and, and that's what makes it special and that's what makes it, you know, a different art form for kids. Can you do TYA in COVID or online or? Um, oh, it's happening. Yeah. Oh, it is happening. Yeah. Mm. And again, I think there is, it was, is interesting because, and it, and it, this is not to say that there, there are not, you know, adult, Theatre maker or, or theatre makers that are working in the adult realm, not doing interesting, imaginative things. Of course, mm. there are. Oh, I just yeah. personally felt more freedom within the TYA because I, th I just thought kids will, I, they're they're not kind of taught to accept certain formulas yet either. Do you mm. know what I mean in terms yeah, of story? Yeah. So they're willing to go with you. But I think um, yes, it is already happening actually, uh, and not just as staged performances, not just a video of a performance. There is there again lots of lots of different um, projects happening, and I know the Abbey had recently just added Me Mauser to their mm. um, to a, a, as a, a digital experience. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. A, and again, that's been reworked. So it, it's just about finding a new way to explore. The, the exist either existing work and putting that online or a new kind of way of en engaging. But again, the ARC are, are fantastic in terms of how they've just stepped up in terms of of the, the reaction to COVID, lots of different projects. And I, I know, you know, Lee McCarthy is mm. um, working on the storytelling module here. Um, he's a writer, he's artist in residence at the Bell Table. Um, he also works at the ARC and he's talked about being beamed into classrooms you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and having that interaction with students in the room. But I think again, they're, they're across the, the board, artists have just taken a moment and gone, right, okay, things need to change for a while. What do we do here? How do we, you know, how do we engage? How do we look for a new way to present this online while also missing the liveness? You can't, hmm. you can't, you know, but also there's, there's, there are new forms of theater coming out of this, which is really interesting. You know, it's yeah. becoming kind of multimodal. Can you say that? Yeah, is that a word? can. Why not? It's our <laughs> podcast. We can do it. Uh, do you know what I mean? So I think, I think again, uh, we were already stepping into the digital realm anyway. All yeah. of us as artists. Yeah. Uh, it's just now we, we got kind of got pushed. <laughs> so now, like, what we kind after this, we we'll go. Well, what can we take from that experience? And actually, it has opened up the world. It, 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 the, as uh, across the board, even if we look at conferences and so on, we have more people attending conferences online than we would mm. have you know, in person. So it's the same things happening. It's opened that world a little bit more to people who probably didn't have an opportunity to go to theater or it wasn't part of their culture. And I'll yeah. say that, that I come from Connemara, Cairo. I'd never seen theater until I left for the UK. I was performing in primary school in little nativity plays and stuff, but yeah. I didn't see anything until I went to the UK. It wasn't in my culture. Theater is not my culture. Yeah. You know, there is amateur theaters in Cairo, but, but that's the, but I didn't experience that because I had gone by that point. So mm. if it isn't in your culture, how do how do we introduce people to to theatre? Well, at a young age, if it's in a venue, if it's in a in a class hall, which is why I always push for work to be able to, to tour to schools. But mm. also now so there are new audiences, people who would never have gone to a theatre. It's not in their culture to go to theatre. It isn't part of who they are. 
suddenly they're like, oh, we're at home. God, there's something in the ark. Let's go to the children's center. Oh, the ark are presenting a play. Oh, it's on. And suddenly they're exposed to something they haven't been exposed to before. And I think, so it's been an opportunity as well for, uh, for a growth of a new audience. And hopefully that will transfer into venues and into, you know, the thinking in terms of going to see art. That's fine. Was that another rant I made? This, no. You should name this the rant <laughs> Fiona podcast. No, the, uh, we all know that, that I, win, I win the award for ranting and it's usually about feminism. I think and once I've got I get it from going, you. That's the end of it. So it's all good. We all have our own ranty things. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on and chatting with me today. It's really, really interesting. Um, and I think it's really important that we do talk about this more. Um, so Brilliant. thank you for having me. Yeah, you're wonderful. We'll have you back for more and part perfect. two, more ranting. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks Take care. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye.